blast from our past network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Throwback Trivia Takedown. Your hosts, Adam and John Spees. Welcome to Throwback Trivia Takedown, a no holds barred trivia match between two contenders fighting for nostalgic glory. I'm your host, Adam Spees. I'm your co host, John Spees. Today we've got some TTT veterans who are set and poised. One lives in Pittsburgh and the other near Illinois. And we know they're a couple of trivia bad boys. In one corner, thanks to the Speed Force, he can break the speed of light, go beyond the realm of time. Because he's the fastest man alive, it's Brian the Flash Nash. Hey, Brian, welcome back to the show. Have you been talking to my wife? <laughs> I, oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> fastest man alive, huh? Poor, poor lady. Uh, Brian, it's been a hot minute, man. We have missed you. Please remind everybody a bit, a bit about yourself. My name is Brian Nash. I am from Muscatine, Iowa. And... Let's see. You, I, I am a trivia slut. You've heard me on lots of podcasts. <laughs> yes. uh, it's been a while. I, I got knocked out again in the first round of the treat of the TTT tournament again. Again, <laughs> day. Yeah, life's good. Uh, Geek trivia is still going strong. Thursdays on Twitch with Gerald with LK Jeremy, and Friday he, he's a uh, you meant to say TTT champion. Uh, TTT LK champion LK <laughs> yes. Jeremy. Yes. <laughs> And uh, Fridays at Nerdspeak Brewery in Bettendorf, Iowa. So, yeah, life's good. All right. Very glad to hear about that. And in the other corner, this brilliant and brainy boy will wow you with his well-informed wisdom and acute IQ. It's Paul the Know-It-All McLaughlin. Hey, Paul. Oh, welcome okay. back. <laughs> All right. That's that's not a bad one. Not a, highly inaccurate, but, yeah. but I'll take it. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. Very happy to have you here. Please remind everybody a little bit about yourself. Yeah, Paul McLaughlin, uh, late of Pittsburgh uh, for my entire life, living at the Jersey Shore, just moved here over the summer. So kind of getting my feet settled in. We're, we're, we're pretty well, uh, things are pretty well settled now. Brian was hyping up his trivia company. Well, hopefully the next time that I'm on this show, I'll be able to hype my own because I am starting hey. to get the feelers out at a couple of local pubs. So I really want to get something rolling here. So eventually we all just start making the podcast for each other. And that's and you're just going to start listening. You're going to go from hope from listening to hosting and then getting your own podcast. It's going to happen or doing Twitch <laughs> or something like that. So just, just know <laughs> so. there's been so many times over the years where I've thought, you know, I should start a new podcast. Ah, uh, you know what? The market's really saturated anyway. <laughs> and then somebody else comes along and starts another one up that I have to listen to yeah. anyways. Yeah, it is how it goes. All right. Well, very excited to have the both of you on our show. And as always, very excited to hear our rules. Entering the ring are two contestants who will engage in three rounds of head-to-head -head trivia. Here are the rules. Round one consists of 10 questions in different pop culture categories focused on a decade that will be randomized. If you answer incorrectly, your opponent has the chance to steal. And the categories are movies, music, television, toys and games, sports, fashion, slang, news and politics, literature, and food. Round two consists of the same 10 categories, but this time your opponent gets to pick your category. Each correct answer gives you 10 points. 
In the final round, you may bid up to as many points as you've earned before answering the final two questions. The categories for the final questions will be picked by the contestants, but the decade will again be randomized from those remaining. You must get both answers correct to earn your wager. Now it's time for a takedown. All right, now that we know the rules of our little show, I want to get to know Brian and Paul just a tiny bit better. And as the four of us, uh, John, myself, Brian and Paul are all in the same fantasy football league. Uh, you know, I'm feeling stuck at him. Damn it. Why are you bringing that up? <laughs> I think you're the one who sucks in that league right now. <laughs> yes. Me. Yes. There, there you, <laughs> I have defense on that, nor does my team have any defense or any. Brian, I think is tied for top, uh, as the best in the league. Uh, well, I'm, no, no he's not tied. He's just the best. He's it? just the best. Okay. My bad. <laughs> not anymore. Uh, so I want to know feeling football. Who is your favorite football player of all time? Uh, easy immediate pick i have been a chicago bears fan my entire life and there is none higher than the sweetness the great and wonderful walter payton yeah i mean i know both of your fandoms so i figure i know what teams they're going to be coming from i'm just going to decide who i like better amongst them (laughs) (laughs) you know what i i have to go Uh, there's i and Okay, here's the thing. I own a lot of jerseys, and all my jerseys are defensive players. I prefer defense. But if we're going to talk about who has done the most for my beloved Giants franchise, I mean, who else has beaten mouth or, or what other mouth breathing doofus has knocked down Tom Brady for the championship twice? I, I got to go, Eli. Okay, uh, this has ended up making it a very easy answer for me um, because one is a doofus and the other is uh, damn near a god. If you would have gone with one of your defensive players like uh, LT, I think LT that would have Strahan. had a real chance. Even the the gap-filled wonder of Strahan um, or the clubbing uh, Jean-Pierre Paul who had missed a couple of hand- fingers, much better chance, but I can't go for Eli. I've, I'm going to have to give it to Walter Payton. On that one. Actually, I think my favorite defensive player of all time from the Giants is OCU Minora. That's a good name. Uh, <laughs> simply because anytime I wore his jersey, the Giants won. Okay. It has never seen a loss. So nice. All right. Well, Brian, you are taking the cake on that one. And um I already know where you're gonna go, but tell me that it's gonna be movies. Let's go ahead and get movies before uh before Paul takes it away from me. All right. Now we're gonna start off in the eighties. What wrestler didn't have time to bleed when he co-starred as Sergeant Blaine in the 1987 release Predator? Do you have time to duck? <laughs> That's going to be Chess Jesse the Brain. I mean, excuse me, the Jesse the Governor. Yeah, the Governor. Uh, Jesse Ventura. <laughs> he's a body. He's a brain. He's a governor. He's all of the above. It is Jesse Ventura. All right, good job, Brian. Starting off strong. And Paul, where would you like to go, and why is it going to be music? It may not be. I don't uh, know. Because it's going to be music. Oh, man. <laughs> I can just I just know you guys so well. <laughs> We're going way back to the 50s. And we are going way back in the throwback lounge. We are going to lounge sing a song. And, Paul, I need you to name the artist of this 1958 Billboard number three hit with the following lyrics. Bing, bang, I saw the whole gang dancing on my living room rug. Yeah, flip, 
Flop, they was doing the bop. All the teens had the dancing bug. Hey! Ah, uh, you need the art, you know? I need the artist. Yeah, yeah. The song is Splish Splash. I think we're past the point where everybody, in well, even by the time this comes out. So this past week has been an OQL thing on 50s art, 50s doo-wop artists. And I realized that I know all the songs and I don't know any of the artists. And I think that's continuing here. Who the hell recorded Splish Splash? And I guess I shouldn't have even said that. <laughs> I don't need to be giving Brian any hints. Um, I have no idea who recorded that. No guess. No guess. No guess. All right, Mr. Nash, you have a chance to steal. Mm, well, I did also recognize it as Splish Splash, so you didn't give me anything. But, man, who did Splish Splash? I'm going to, I, I, I don't think it's right, but I will say Tommy James. Tommy James is incorrect. I have a feeling my brother knows this one. So incidentally, Adam, this is the second time you've used the song Splish Splash for a 50s question. I think the first, I don't know if they were both throwback lounge, but they were definitely, you've used them twice. Mm-hmm. Um, but this this was an odd song, I feel, for this particular artist because I know him more as a crooner. I am pretty sure this is Bobby Darren. I am going to be so ticked if it's Bobby Darren because that's exactly who I, after I passed, I was like, I should have said something. I should have said Bobby Darren just for the hell of it. Yeah, yeah, you're going to be ticked because it is Bobby Darren. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, no points awarded. Brian, we're back to you. Uh, let's go with TV. Okay. <laughs> he gets the 80s again. And we've got a question from Brian McClure. Thank you, Brian. On you can't do that on television. If you said what three-word phrase, slime would be dropped on you. All right, so I have to be careful how I answer this, because if I say I don't know, you might take it as I'm passing the answer. But I think... That's how I'm taking it, so I'll I'll, I'll take it. (laughs) Uh, The correct three words are I don't know. I don't know is correct. And also, if you uh, said the word water, you would get soaked in water. But yes, I don't know would give you slime. So good job. So fun fact, the early version of the slime from Nickelodeon was basically just runny mashed potatoes. (laughs) (laughs) If you go back and watch those old shows, it was much chunkier than it became later. (laughs) Gross. All right, Paul, where would you like to go? Um... Let's give toys and games a shot. All right, little toys and games. Just a bunch of crazy toys and games. Yep. Dice are loving the 80s. Okay. A long prosthetic finger with a light on the end was introduced in 1982 as a toy in conjunction with what film? That would be E.T. It would be E.T. All right. Very simple. All right, Brian, back to you. Paul McLaughlin, phone home. (laughs) Um, I will go with Literature. Literature coming at you. And your ticket is the 2000s. What 2008 novel by Australian author Christos Tsiolkas, I'll spell that, Tsiolkas, yeah, I'll just spell it later, uh, is presented through the viewpoints of eight 
individual characters and focuses on their reactions after a man controversially reprimands his friend's son during a special gathering. Okay, I'm sorry. Could you do that again? I will. Uh, what 2008 novel by an Australian author is presented through the viewpoints of eight individual characters and focuses on their reaction? Uh, sorry, eight, eight individual characters and focuses on their reactions after a man controversially reprimands his friend's son during a social gathering. And the author is Christos, which is C-H-R-I-S-T-O-S. And then I'm Siolkas, uh, which is T-S-I-O-L-K-A-S. Um, damn, I was really hoping for a comic book question, man. <laughs> Sorry. Um... This is not ringing any bells, so I will guess the dinner party. The dinner party is incorrect. Paul, can you steal? I have absolutely no idea on this. The whole time I'm thinking, well, what's this gathering going to be? Uh, I'm going to go with the birthday party. <laughs> the birthday party is also incorrect. So yeah, this is this was a tough one. Um, it was a, a fairly popular book. It was turned into a mini series in Australia and also uh, in the United States as well. Um, it won a couple of different prizes. I maybe I should have put in a hint. I not maybe I definitely should have put in a hint about like maybe what are the five fingers say to the face? Talks to the hand, huh? Oh, uh, slap! Slap! It's called the slap. The slap. Uh, oh, okay. I have. Heard uh, okay. That. Yep. So, all right. No points for literature. Paul, we are back to you. Uh, let's try food, please. And your decade is the 90s. What Taco Bell item was introduced in 1995? It consisted of a soft flour tortilla layered with refried beans to stick onto a hard-shell corn tortilla filled with meat, lettuce, and cheese. And unfortunately, very unfortunately, it was discontinued in 2019. I know exactly what you're talking about. What did they call that thing? I, I, have, I have a title in mind, but that's a Burger King product, not a Taco Bell one. The... 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 Oh, I'm going to go with the double wrap. I don't like it, but... The double wrap is incorrect. Brian, can you steal? I have a coin flip in my head as to which one this is, because I'm not a big Taco Bell guy. It, I think this is the crunch wrap, or do you need me to be more specific? The crunch wrap is incorrect. I know my brother is a fan of this one because we've had this discussion. It is both of our favorite item on Taco Bell that they don't have anymore. It is the greatest item at Taco Bell. Nobody can convince me otherwise. Uh, it was the double decker taco. Oh, okay. The double, okay. double decker. Yep. I'm sitting there like it's the double stack, it right? Is. The double stack. No, wait, that's Burger King. <laughs> it is. Yep. You're very close. All right, Paul, or not Paul, Brian, we're back to you and you can pick between sports, slang, fashion, or news and politics. Uh, I will take slang, please. Okay. And your decade is the 60s. 
what word indicating something as gender neutral was first used in 1968 in Life magazine, referring to fashion that could be worn by any type of person? I'm going to guess metrosexual. Metrosexual is incorrect. Paul, can you steal? Is this unisex? Unisex is correct. Damn it. Good steal. And now you get a pick. Uh, let's go with news, please. Okay. News and politics. And that's also the 60s. On January 9th, 1962, the USSR and what country signed a trade agreement? This was a direct slap in the face for the U.S. during the Cold War. Four weeks later, the U.S. began a trade embargo on them. Uh, is this Cuba? This is Cuba. All right. Well done. All right. Mr. Nash, you get to pick between fashion and sports. I will take... I will take fashion. Okay. And it will be the 2000s. You don't have to be a child prodigy to know that what German fashion brand was established in 2003. They are best known for designer European women's wear. German child prodigy. I'm going to guess... Uh, there's several ways to take that, and I don't know which one to do, so I will guess Beethoven's. Beethoven's is incorrect. Paul, can you steal? Only if I have a really lucky guess here. Now, I am thinking that the German child prodigy is going to be Mozart, but I don't know whether to answer Wolfgang, Amadeus, or Mozart. Um, what the... Uh, you know what? Can I get a reread of that real quick? You don't have to be a child prodigy to know that what German fashion brand was established in 2003. They are best known for designer European women's wear. Of the three, and if it's something else, well, then I'm just totally screwed. But of those three, the one that sounds most like a line of clothing to me is Wolfgang. So I'm going to go with that. Wolfgang's is also incorrect. Uh, John, he's got a little guess for us. Sorry, I had a thing to add. It was not. It's not a guess. Oh. Uh, Mozart is not German. He is Austrian. He's Austrian. Oh, yeah. he's Austrian. Okay. <laughs> okay, so I was never getting there that way. Y'all, nope. y'all were very specific. Uh, this is much more generic for the German word for a child prodigy. It is Wunderkind. 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 Yeah. Okay. Wunderkind is the name. Uh, Wunderkind. <laughs> <laughs> Wonder Kid powers activate. <laughs> right. And maybe it'll get you all some points. Uh, Paul, let's get you some sports. Let's do it. It's the 90s. Dinger is an anthropomorphic purple triceratops and made his first appearance in 1994 as the official mascot of what MLB NL West team? Okay. A, tr a purple triceratops, you said? I did say those words. Okay. And unfortunately for me, specifying American League, National League, totally worthless to me. I, I couldn't tell you a single team in, in one or the other. But you said Western, so where's some place 
where you're going to find a lot of fossils. Um, no team in Utah, right? Right. Alt Lake City. No. Uh, let's try the Arizona Diamondbacks. The Arizona Diamondbacks is incorrect. Brian, can you steal? Maybe. Um, I know they became they they came in somewhere in that general region. I'm going to guess the Colorado Rockies. The Colorado Rockies is correct. Good job. Yeah, and I believe uh, Sue the tri the uh, T Rex. It mm -hmm. was found in the 90s or something like that. Best fully formed, and I think believe it was in Colorado. So you do see a lot of fossils out there. Maybe was it not Colorado, John? I might in my head. I thought it was South Dakota, but you might be right. Yeah, can't remember. But, uh, but anyway, they do have Dinger, the purple Triceratops. So that is the end of round one. John, what are the score updates? All right. Well, with that last steal, Brian was able to tie it up. It is 30 to 30. Yes, sir. We have got us a game going on. I love it. So as not, Brian... Not a great one, but there is a game. <laughs> a game is happening today, sir. Yes. <laughs> and Brian, as you started round one, uh, that means Paul is going to... Is that right? Paul's going to pick for Brian mm -hmm. to start. Off. Yeah, Paul's going to pick for Brian to start off round two. Um, going over my notes here, seeing what he missed. Uh, all right, let's give him. Now oh, let's give him fashion. Okay. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> and your decade is the sixties. Uh, okay. What London fashion boutique? was founded in 1964 by Polish-born Barbara Hulaniki. Hula, yeah, Hulaniki. I had it right. The shop became known for its stylish, decadent at atmosphere and decor aspired by Art Nouveau and Art Deco. And it was named and it, and it was named for the nickname of Barbara's younger sister. Oh. Toughest fashion question, I think. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it a whole lot. That's that's Paul. That's Paul's fault and John's fault. Don't blame me. Um, <laughs> her sister's nickname. We we want to keep this family friendly, right? <laughs> I mean, if not, I'll just beep it. Bleep it. Yeah. Uh, let's go with. No, I don't even have a guess. I gotta pass. All right, passing to Paul. Yeah, it's a good pass because I have. I mean, the one and only London fashion shop I can think of was Sex, the one owned by uh, uh, Malcolm. Uh, what, what's his name? The owner, of the the, the, owner of the Sex. No, uh, no. The, the guy who formed the Sex Pistols. They're the oh, manager. gotcha. But, uh, Not Malcolm Gladwell. No, no. But uh, a nickname, uh, Twiggy. What the hell, Twiggy? Twiggy is a British nickname from around the 60s, but that is yeah. incorrect. Uh, John, do you got something to add or you got a guess? I have a guess. I just, I don't know why this popped in my head. I don't think it's right. Um, is it like Bebe, B-E-B-E? Bebe is a good guess. It, that is a thing, but that's not this thing. And okay. actually, it's really freaking close because it's Biba, B-I-B-A. Uh, Not, but I have seen. But B E B E is another fashion thing as yeah. well. Okay. But yeah, so B. Heard the Beruta, uh, B I R U T A was the sister's name. 
And I was, you know, putting this in there for the very fashion trivia centric folks, which is neither of you and y'all are who happened to land on it. <laughs> nah. <laughs> no. Okay. All right, Brian, what do you want to give to Paul? I will give Paul sports. Okay. And that will be the 2000s. In which city did Usain Bolt set world records in the 100 and 200 meter sprints during the 2008 Olympics? 08 Olympics. Uh, okay, I think I have an in here because a coworker won a gold medal. He was the coxswain for the American uh, rowing team. And uh, I'm just picturing back all of us at the office in the, the cafeteria. They had a movie theater sized TV screen and everybody in the company gathered to, to watch that. And that would have been 08. That, that, yeah, I like that timing there. So I'm going to say Sydney. Sydney is incorrect. Mm. Brian, can you steal? Um, I don't know if I can. I Olympics is really a weak spot for me, but I'm going to guess Beijing. Beijing is correct. Yeah, nice. Sydney. Sydney was uh, the 2000 Olympics. Um, ah. I think Athens was 2004, and then Beijing after that. Okay. I, I uh, only be got it got it because you missed it, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brian with the steal. And now, Paul, you've got to give him his next category. Hey, can I make a podcast suggestion where the opponent can't hear the answer that the other one gave? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be interesting. Then, yeah, they could say the same thing. I like it. Um, I am going to give Brian... Eh, he missed literature. Let's hope this isn't a comics one. So let's give it to him. All right. And it's from the 50s. Profiles in Courage is a 1956 volume of short biographies describing acts of bravery and integrity by eight United States senators. What then U.S. senator won the Pulitzer Prize for this work? You Then U.S. senator in the 50s won a Pulitzer Prize implying that mm, <laughs> you sneaky devil you I'm going to guess John F. Kennedy John F. Kennedy is correct really hoping you were going to whiff that one. <laughs> you know what? It's likely a Kennedy, so... Yeah. Well done. All right. And now, Brian, you get to pick for Paul. There's still food, toys and games, slang, news and politics, TV, music, and movies. I will give him food. That's very generous of you. Mm -hmm. And that will be the 60s. Established in 1965, what company was formed when six dairy cooperatives merged to better market themselves in their home country of France with delicious, fun family snacks? It's French for yum. That's their slogan. Um, I wonder if this. Uh, and this started. In the, oh, 
Oh, I'm going to stop messing around. There's only one thing, that, only one French food word that's coming to me in this context, and that's Nestle. So Nestle is incorrect. Brian, can you steal? A French dairy company. I don't think this is right, but it's the only thing that's coming to my head. I'm going to say YoPlay. YoPlay is correct. Wow. Wow. I, I did not think I was going to get that. So, yeah, YoPlay, obviously dairy with their yogurt stuff, but it is a portmanteau of a couple of the names. Um, Yola and CoPlay are uh, the two names that they've merged together to make YoPlay. So okay. you're, you're going to win this one on steals alone. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. <laughs> Don't let him do it, Paul. You got to pick a category for him that he will miss. And so you can get a steal. And he is going to miss toys. Okay. That one's the sixties again. Oh, wow. All right. In 1965, Mattel introduced what doll who just learned to walk. According to the advertisement, this three-word this three-word titled doll would walk straight into your little girl's heart. Aw. Uh, I was technically around for the '60s for just a couple of months, but I don't know about little girl dolls from yeah. the '60s. Oh, sorry. Um. <laughs> Ah, uh, my little toddler. I don't know. My little toddler is incorrect. Paul, can you steal? Um, three words, right? Um, baby walks a lot. <laughs> I don't know if that's two or four words, but, but baby walks. <laughs> baby walks a lot is incorrect but you had a very good guest it is called baby first step baby mm, first yeah, step you were close all right no points awarded brian you get a pick for paul i'll give him slang and it's the 2000s no doubt like this slang phrase that meant extremely favorable or particularly great so much so that they wrote a song about it that hit number 13 on the Billboard Top 100 charts in 2001. Okay, this this should be gettable for me. Um, in 2001, so was this off of Tragic Kingdom? Oh. Um, you know, can I get a reread, please? Mm -hmm. No doubt like this slang phrase that meant extremely favorable or particularly great. So much so that they wrote a song about it that hit number 13 on the Billboard Top 100 chart in 2001. Man, I am going through their, their catalog here. Spider underneath it all. Oh, I cannot believe I am blanking this one. This is about as wheelhouse as it should get for me. Um, well, I'm going to save you from having to edit out even more <laughs> long patches of silence here. I'm not pulling this one. Bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. <laughs> Bananas is incorrect. Brian, can you steal? Um, I don't think I can. I'm, I'm also familiar with No Doubt, and I just recently added No Doubt to my, like, my big playlist on Spotify, and I'm 
I, I'm not coming up with this one. And I'm going to, I know I'm going to kick myself. Um, oh, yeah. I'll say don't speak, but it ain't right. Don't speak ain't right. And I see John bouncing back and forth, so I think he's humming the song to himself. What is it? You got me feeling hella good, so I'll just keep on dancing. Yeah, hella good is what we were looking for. All right, and Paul, you've got to uh, hope that Brian misses some more. Yes, I do. So let's hope uh, he misses some news. Okay. And we finally have a 70s question. Manufactured since 1972, what model of Honda compact car has sold over 27 million units, making it one of the best or one of the most all-time best-selling automobiles in the world? I just get a a Honda, huh? Yeah. It um, came out in 72. Don't you memorize when all them all the models come out? I mean, that's that's on you. Okay. I said compact I, compact car. <laughs> I I will guess the Honda Civic. The Civic is correct. Oh, good. I was totally mentally coin flipping that between the Civic and the Accord, and yeah. <laughs> was really hoping he pulled the wrong one. Unfortunately not, but you still have a shot here. And Brian, what uh, category do you want to give to Paul? We got movies, music, and TV, the big three left. I am so nice. I'm going to go ahead and give you music. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. And it's also from the 70s. And it's also from the Throwback Lounge. <laughs> You're going to double throwback today. So, Paul, I need you to name the group of this 1979 Billboard number 40 hit with the following lyrics. I heard you on the wireless back in 52, lying awake intent at tuning in on you. If I was young, it didn't stop you coming through. Hey! That is the Buggles. Video killed the radio star. <laughs> is video killed the radio star. I heard you on the wireless back in 52. Dude. Most people know it from, obviously, the first song in MTV. But it originally came out in 1979. So, good job, Paul. And what do you want to give to Brian, slash what do you want to keep for yourself? Um. Well, he was nice and gave me music, so I'm going to be nice and give him movies. And hope he really blows it. I'm stronger <laughs> in TV, so. <laughs> okay. Man, your decade is the 60s. John Wayne stars as the titular character in what 1963 Western comedy? It co-stars Maureen O'Hara and was loosely based on the Shakespeare's Taming of the Shrew. Or on, the Sha on Shakespeare's The Taming of the Shrew. Mm. I'm going to guess McClintock. McClintock is correct. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I was so happy when he said that. I'm like, it's John Wayne and Maureen O'Hara. It's clearly the quiet man. <laughs> it is not. It is. It was it was the Western comedy that got me there. Yes. Well done. All oh, right. Yeah. I was only listening to the John Wayne and Maureen O'Hara part. Western <laughs> comedy totally totally skipped by me. Uh, that's uh, that's the, the infamous mud fight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Uh, all right, that is going to leave TV for Paul. 
And it will be the 60s. Wow, okay. Later known for his PBS show Louisiana Cookin', I guarantee that this comedian and chef's first TV appearance was on The Ed Sullivan Show in 1961 as the Cajun Storyteller. Now that whole I guarantee thing, I I, I know that's a thing. Uh, you know, let me hear it one more time, see if there's anything pick up on in this later known for his pbs show louisiana cooking i guarantee that this comedian and chef's first tv appearance was on the ed sullivan show in 1961 as the cajun storyteller oh. mm. i have no good leads into this so let's say la fontaine la fontaine is incorrect. Brian, can you steal? Maybe. Because I, I remember the Cajun cook. And he guarantee and he loves his oils. His name was Justin something. Okay, and can I, I get a rule? <laughs> I, I ain't done. I ain't done. I ain't done. <laughs> his, his name was Justin. Justin Thoreau or Thoreau. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go say Justin Thoreau. Justin Theroux or Thoreau, I believe, is the Prime Minister of Canada. Uh, oh, shit. It is Trudeau. <laughs> Trudeau, that's right. That's Trudeau, not Thoreau. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. all right. Uh, but it's not. It is incorrect either way. Uh, John, I know you're a fan of this guy. Uh, I have one of his cookbooks. Uh, this is Justin Wilson. Wilson. It is Justin Wilson. Yeah, yep. he was awesome. All right, that is the end of round two. John, what is the score update? All right, well, Paul's still technically in it. Technically good. Brian's got 80, and Paul's got 40. (laughs) Yes, technically is good. All right, so, uh, Brian, as you are in the lead, you get to pick first for what goes into the final round. I'm going to stick with movies. Okay. And it will be the 90s. All right. And, Paul, what are you going to pick to join that category? Oh, why don't you just go ahead and pick something out of that? No, I'm, I'm taking <laughs> I'm taking music. Thank you. <laughs> okay. And that's the 2000s. All right. I need the two of you to write down your wagers based on 90s movies and 2000s music. All right. If you're waiting on me, it's, it's oh. written. <laughs> okay, you're, you're good. And yes. Brian I'm, is I'm good. locked in. Okay. We will start with our 90s movies question. During the 1990s, Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman starred together in three films, Days of Thunder, Far and Away, and what? Stanley Kubrick drama. And our 2000s question is brought to you by Dean Bratton. Thank you very much, Dean. Thank you, Dean. Thank you, Dean. What is the name given to the specific genre of country pop country pop in the 2000s? Songs are often musically upbeat with lyrics about attractive young ladies and the consumption of alcohol, partying, blue jeans, boots, and pickup trucks. Trace Adkins' 2005 hit Honky Tonk Badonkadonk is an example. 
while our contestants are thinking about their answers. I'm going to remind you guys, if you want to get in on the Throwback Trivia Takedown tournament, our yearly tournament, you have got to be a patron at the $5 level or higher. And uh, you have to be in there by the end of this year. So time is running short. So make sure you jump on the Patreon before then. And if you do that, then you're going to be taking part in the play-in rounds. If you get past the play-in rounds, then you will make the official tournament. And maybe you will win it all. Maybe you'll get a Throwback Trivia Takedown Championship t-shirt, just like Scott Barber, Eric Eid, and Jeremy Goodson all have done before you. Think about that. And if you're not interested or not able to join the Patreon, we understand that. There is actually a way to get in on the 2025 tournament because we will also be doing a pick'em bracket so uh we did a bracket last year for fun for money this year we're gonna do it completely free uh patrons who don't get in to the playoff rounds or anybody who can't um who isn't part of the patreon anybody can play our free pick'em and whoever scores the best on the pick'em tournament will actually get put in as the 16th seed for our next tournament and so they'll be playing the number one seed going in uh, hope you guys enjoy that. We'll have more information probably posted about that on our social media. So make sure you check us out on, we really only have Facebook for throwback. So <laughs> make sure you check our Facebook, um, which I'll post that at some point closer to the time. Um, so yeah, do that. Join our Patreon. Throwback Trivia Takedown Tournament. It's good times. All right, Brian or Brian and Paul, do either of you need a question reread? The second one, please. The music. Mm-hmm. What is the name given to the specific genre of country pop in the 2000s? Songs are often musically a beat with lyrics about attractive young ladies, the consumption of alcohol, partying, blue jeans, boots, and pickup trucks. Trace Atkins 2005 song Honky Tonk Badonkadonk is an example. All right. I'm locked in. I'm locked in. All right. Paul, as you were behind, what were your answers to our two questions? Okay. For... Movies, I went with Eyes Wide Shut. I think they were, I, I know Tom Cruise was in it. I think Kidman was in it. And for what you have loosely used the definition of music for, I I have no idea if this is actually a thing. But well, I, I know what I'm saying is a thing. I have no idea if it's this thing. I think that a thing is bro country. And Brian, what were your answers? Um, I agree that Eyes Wide Shut is definitely Tom Cruise and a very memorable uh, Nicole Kibben in that movie. Um, I stopped listening to country music somewhere in the late 90s, so I'm not familiar. I, I know this is I'm with Paul that I, I know I've heard this term, but I was not sure I couldn't pull it. I, I just put I finally decided on redneck pop. All right. Now for the correct answers. The three movies that Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman starred in were Days of Thunder, Far and Away, and Eyes Wide Shut. And the specific subgenre of country pop that Honky Tonk Badonkadonk had uh, influences on and that was part of that group is Bro Country. So... Good job, Paul. We have to see how things go as you were behind... Paul, what was your what was your wager? Everything I got, the only wager I could do. All right, and Brian, what was your wager? So I knew that aughts music was not a strength of mine. The older it gets, the better I am at it, and I wanted to make it fun. So I bet zero. 
Yes, he did. <laughs> I expected you would. <laughs> he sent it to me beforehand. So, John, what is our current slash final score? Not quite final score, but current score. All right, we are all tied up, eighty to eighty. Yes, we are. Great job, gentlemen. That means we are going to have to go into a tiebreaker. And yeah. as my very first question was about sports, we're going to come back to sports uh, for this last one. And we're going to do a closest to the pin. So I need you both to send me uh, your numbers, or I guess you can say them. Uh, no, send them to me beforehand, so that way I know there's no tomfoolery. Um, but uh, whoever is closest will get the official win of today. Wayne Gretzky is nicknamed the Great One for a reason. He had 894 goals, 1,963 assists, won nine heart trophies, and was elected to the Hall of Fame. In how many total games played did Gretzky accomplish all of these feats? Can you just run those those stats by me again, please? I can. Uh, he had 894 goals. 1,963 assists, won nine heart trophies, and was elected to the Hall of Fame. Okay. All right. I'm locked in. I am locked in. All right. I would like to hear y'all's two answers. So you're tied up. Uh, Brian, what did you say? So with about 1,900 uh, assists, I figured maybe uh, he probably, I mean, I, I'm ballparking here. But I figured a somewhere, but somewhere close to two thousand games would probably be a pretty good guess. So, I was, well, okay, let's just go ahead and pick the best number, and I went with nineteen sixty nine. Yeah, giggity, uh, and the year you were born. Yeah, the year I was born. Yeah, uh, and Paul, what was your answer? Well, I I wasn't sure how many hockey games there are a year per team. I ballparked it at about eighty. So now he probably had a roughly 20-ish year career, maybe a little more. That gives us 1,600 games. Uh, okay, he's going to have a few where he gets nothing. So, yeah, let's go with 1,500. Uh, let's, you know, life universe and everything. Let's bump it up to 1,542. All right. I will say that one of you was 482 games away, and the other was 52, or sorry, 55 games away. Ooh. Wayne Gretzky played a total of 1,487 games. Paul McLaughlin is the closest to the pin and Ooh. brings the official comeback at the end of round two. Congratulations, Paul. Oof, I thought that was good. There, I, ask me a, a country music question. Ask me a hockey question. Yeah, I'm I'm just going to die. I, I have no chance here. So. Ryan, amazing game. Thank you so much. Absolutely, buddy. <laughs> that was a lot of fun, guys. We really, really appreciate the two of you for being back on the show. Paul, as you were the winner, we're going to let you speak last. Brian, please say your piece. Uh, well, I already plugged my crap at the start, but <laughs> uh, I will say that the Throwback Trivia Tournament is very worth it. Um if you have a couple bucks to throw these guys away, it's very worth it. Support uh, support the content creators that you love. Um, otherwise, I'll just simply say, uh, when you have the opportunity to choose, choose kindness. Well said. And Paul, what would you like to plug? 
Yeah, I'd like to uh, take back everything Brian said. Go out, kick a puppy. And... <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, clearly not. Uh, so I am going to start with, uh, well, well, I, I really can't plug my trivia company because it doesn't exist yet. But if, you know, a couple months, if you're listening to this a few months after it, uh, after it drops, hey, look for Steel City Trivia because that's where I think I'm going with the name anyway. So, nice. um Support your bartenders, always tip well, and be kind to one another. <laughs> Very well said. All right. Well, thank you, Paul. Thank you, Brian. And for John, this was another episode of Throwback Trivia Takedown. Thank you for listening to Throwback Trivia Takedown. If you want to support the podcast, or if you'd like to be a contestant, go to patreon.com forward slash throwback trivia takedown and pick a tier that's right for you. If you want to submit questions, you can email them to throwbacktriviatakedown at gmail.com. Please rate and review us on your preferred podcast platform. We'll see you next time when two new contestants go head-to-head in nostalgic knowledge on Throwback Trivia Takedown. I'm John, and I'm the host of Action Action. Every week, I'm joined by James. hey And Dustin. Hello. And each week, we review, debate, and rank a different action movie. We're creating the ultimate list of action movies. From awful to awesome. So if you want to hear three more white guys with beards talk about action movies. And argue about where they belong on our list. And decide you hate us because we made fun of your favorite movie. Join us every Tuesday, and you can find us on your favorite podcatcher. And Steven Seagal is a joke.